welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Um, thank you all for joining us this morning. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and I'm here today with the fabulous Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. Well, thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. And today, we are going to be talking about the suppression of the feminine. This month in April, we are talking all things feminine. And um, so we're talking about uh, feminism next week, and, and this week we're talking about the suppression of the feminine, and we're going to do some, some little history lessons. But this month is really just honoring um, our journey as women, not just in our individual lives, but um, there's a, a very rich wealth of history behind us that we want to honor and some strong shoulders that we've gotten to stand on yeah uh, we have we have a lot that we owe to our ancestors for sure a lot of women who have bravely faced a lot of oppression and um, a lot of violence mm -hmm. and um, so today yeah we're going to get the opportunity to honor them and and talk very candidly. This can be a really uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. So I um, I appreciate you being willing to have this conversation because this is Braveheart conversation. Mm -hmm. So we do talk about some some tough things here, and um, and we know that we have a hearty crowd, right? We mm -hmm. have a crowd that signed up for this. So, so here we go. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, all right, so let's jump in. The suppression of the feminine. This has been a topic that um, I have become so much more familiar with over the last year. It's been something that, you know, my my intuition and my inner being will just really have a mind of its own, and I will just crave. Um, a certain rabbit hole and I will just dive in and that has been a subject this year mm -hmm. and um, one thing has just led to another and you know it's really mind-boggling to me um, as a child I remember I remember studying a lot about religious suppression I remember oh interesting yeah I remember um, martyrs were really really um, glorified and honored and I can remember you know we didn't celebrate things like Halloween that was you know too dark too magical too you know mm -hmm. satanic or whatever we thought it was and um, and so we would hide away in our basement and we would watch uh, Reformation videos oh wow. uh, we would watch uh, John Huss and Wycliffe and a, a whole bunch of people that were murdered for being a Christian and um, and I remember that being a very um, it was supposed to be such a an example of why uh, Christianity was the way because so many people were willing to lose their lives for it. So I was really shocked to find all of these years later how many women actually were burned at the stake and executed, um, and I was never aware. Of this history um, where many 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 women 
lost their lives um, simply for being a woman or being too good of a woman, Mm -hmm. right? Too Too many gifts. Too many gifts. Um, Too good at gardening. Too good at... Medicine. Medicine. (laughs) uh, Being a midwife. Um, A lot of women held the role of the the medicine man or the the doctor. It was a a very female profession um, historically. And, and they were the advisors, you know, they mm-hmm. had uh, political power, it was in medicine or mm-hmm. in um, advising, and um, any women that played that role were often targeted as things shifted to a more patriarchal uh, society. Um, women who were very gifted were targeted and executed yeah. and told that that was um, actually supernatural and it was witchcraft. Um, and it was not, um, it was not playing the submissive, um, subordinate role that a woman was supposed to play. And, um, the numbers vary. There aren't the records that a lot of people would like to see, but we know that somewhere between 40,000 being a very low number to, I've heard all the way up to 9 million. I'm pretty sure that that has been debunked, but generally what I see is 40 to 100,000 yeah. um, women perished um, in the span of, of a few hundred years um, because they were accused of witchcraft, mm-hmm. which um, was really just that they, they somehow... Um, were accused of having a supernatural ability. Intuition, probably. <laughs> yeah, or just just skills, you know, skills. knowing how to use herbs, knowing, you know, the a really a, a basic thing that a lot of women gravitate towards today, right? right. Oh, I use doTERRA essential oils. Um, yeah. Oh, you might be a witch. Um, I use or, crystals. <laughs> yeah, or, um, you know, homeopathy or... Yeah. Um, a naturopathy or any of those like more um, natural remedies, um, even nutrition, knowing a lot about nutrition. Oh, my grandmother was amazing with all that. Mm-hmm. And, and so those were the things that actually made women very vulnerable to being accused mm-hmm. of um, something that would literally cost them their life. Or another one was um, women having a substantial amount of wealth. Because women uh, back in the day, you know, we were property up to the very, very recent uh, times. We were considered property. In fact, an interesting fact is the chattel laws. So if you're not familiar with the word chattel, chattel means that a woman is property. She's considered chattel. And um, although the law that says women are chattel is no longer used, it was actually never removed off the books so um you know a lot of those things changed once it was put into law that women could own property and that's pretty recent Mm -hmm. as well um so you know when you could own property then maybe you weren't property (laughs) i think was the way that there's so many places all over the world where they still can't yeah absolutely um so you know, it's been, man, it's been a journey of a lot of grief, um, a lot of shock, a lot of awakening over the last year, um, and just really delving into a lot of history. Um, 
there's some phenomenal books and podcasts and um, so many resources now that that talk openly about mm-hmm. women's history and um, what's sad is that women don't have a very big role in history. They're often just not mentioned or um, downplayed mm-hmm. or uh, or really just considered side pieces. They mm-hmm. are um, they're property. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I want to talk about how did all this begin? How did women um, evolve into that role of being suppressed? And what does that mean? And how has that impacted us? Um, and I've done a hell of a lot of talking so far. So No, you're good. <laughs> Marie, do you want to add anything with like women's history and like your journey through discovering? Well, as far as my journey, um, I was telling Jillian, I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s and they're you know, there was a, there was definitely roles that we had to play. Um, it was, these are girls chores, these are boy chores, um, only we were allowed to do this. I didn't even have a credit card. I wasn't allowed to have a credit card yet um, because uh, unless I was a Mrs. My name was Mrs. on the card. And um, I wasn't really allowed to have, but what's interesting is I was the one that made them the more money in that situation. But, but even going back to, I wasn't allowed to feel, I wasn't allowed cause I was, a very, I'm, I'm a, a highly sensitive person. And so being emotional, crying a lot, um, having feelings, being wild and free. Like I have pictures of me being a baby where I was just like this, like Whoa! wild child, but baby I wasn't Marie, baby Marie <laughs> wasn't allowed to be that wild feminine, uh, with abandon, just love the world, compassion, and and all of that, um, and so I I think I grew up ha- taking on more masculine roles that were um, approved of, right? Um, I I was allowed to be tough, and I was allowed to be um, strong, and and you know, but I couldn't be career oriented. I I did fall into the roles that I was suggested for me I was a teacher and I was a secretary and and those things that you know I was allowed to have I wanted to be a drummer in high school and I couldn't be a drummer because I was a girl I couldn't be a drummer this is like not too long ago you guys (laughs) I couldn't be a drummer but so that's the history I know it's just not being allowed to be feminine because it wasn't an accepted role and that someone had to protect me and you know give me money and all of that. So I'm very fortunate that I had a job very early. And um, I'm curious that when you say that you couldn't have a credit card, did the bank just literally say you're a woman, you can't have a credit card? Okay. Just to be fair, I don't remember that part. <laughs> I just, I, I just know, know that, that it just said, cause I was married at the time and they just would only put my, my, um, my husband's name on there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I ever heard the words explicitly, but mm-hmm. but Marie was never on the card until later. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now I just look back and I think, how did those how did those conversations go? People would be absolutely flattered today, and they should be. <laughs> I'm curious now. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't even remember that conversation. Yeah, but. man. Well, and that also speaks to how it was accepted, right? Yeah. Back then, you probably were like, well, that's how okay. it is, right? And you have to pool your money together. and yeah. There's no option to have separate mm-hmm. finances or separate... Um, you know, separate accounts and joint accounts. It was all a joint account, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, um, which actually has uh, made it so terribly hard for many women to leave abusive relationships is when they don't have that financial power. Mm-hmm. Financial yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm loving that, you know, this combination of there's like some really old history and millennia worth of women's uh, suppression but then also personal experiences and how about um, you um yeah so I came from a really religious background and so my suppression came more from religious beliefs than you know I do think that there are still some cultural remnants for sure of um of feminine suppression uh but me specifically, I would say that my my gender programming and my gender suppression has come mainly from religious beliefs where I was very much told um, firmly that there was no other way for, you know, a, a woman was to follow a man's leadership. Yeah, we had that too. I remember when I was 12 years old, this is kind of a funny story, but when I was 12 years old, I had a bat mitzvah. We were not Jewish, <laughs> but we thought the tradition was cool. So um, I had a, a ceremony um, of me coming into my womanhood. Mm-hmm. And during that ceremony, my father gave me a ring that many of you may know as like a, a purity ring or a promise ring saying that I would save myself until marriage and that um, that ring showed my submission to my father until that submission transferred to my husband. Oh, wow. So it was very much that same like ownership mm-hmm. um, belief that I was, I was, even though, you know, I didn't know the word chattel, we were still operating yeah. in that paradigm. I was essentially in that, um, in that uh, religion and in that moment in that ceremony, I was a piece of property. I was owned by my father to be someday transferred to the ownership of another man. Wow. And that's not very long, you guys. She's so, no. young. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. So, um, and those those groups still exist today. And I remember... Oh, yeah. Um, I remember we, we were pretty extreme. We believed in um, something called betrothal. Which we believed was the biblical model of um, becoming, you know, courting and uh, becoming someone's wife. And so we actually believed that instead of dating and getting to know someone, that you should legally marry them first. So you're committed to them before you ever even know them, kind of like an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. Then you go through the courtship and then you have the ceremony. Thank God that by the point 
you know, I was old enough to get married that we had loosened up a little bit of those um, those really radical beliefs. Because otherwise, I may have ended up married to somebody I didn't even know. I personally, I agree with that because when you're young and hormonal, right? And there's all these rules like don't have sex, don't have sex as if you were the woman. Like, and there were so many rules that were separate, right? And then all of a sudden, um, you you get married because that's that's what's expected. What's expected, so you get married, and really, you probably only just wanted the sex, right? Because you have that urge and that drive, and then you're going, oh wow, now I have to you know, get to know, and think that's what it was used to, to cut off some of that, those urges, but, oh my goodness, it was, it was rough, and then, talking religious-wise, because I've been a, a plethora of different things, and um, every religion, there were these rules for the women and rules for the men, right, and especially when it was regarding sex, it's like, you know, um, there was one specific religion where, um, if the guy was caught in, caught having sex, that they would just sort of get a little reprimand and the girl was pretty, pretty much excommunicated from a church, which is the very place that she wanted to be, right? And, and wanted to be a part of. So you, you excommunicate her and then she's left without any, um, support or any, uh, and shamed and blamed. And I, I don't know. I just thought those separate rules were... Well, like, well, that'll probably be for next this week, right? This isn't going to earn me any any popularity points, and I'm well aware of that. But um, actually, that that is literally what the Bible says in in the Old Testament. If a woman uh, cheats or um, or has sex outside of marriage, um, she's stoned to death, and um, she's stoned to death because of the poor reputation, the the poor um, reflection on her father, not even, you know, it's, it's again, going back to that ownership and a man in the same situation is forgiven. Yes. So, you know, some very, very sexist, um, well, because they have the urges and we don't, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what I was told. It's like, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, suppression of female sexuality as well, um, which biologically and neurologically, as we discover now, um, is, is very much not true. Um, you know, women have, you know, they're very different than men's bodies. Absolutely. But asexual, not at all. <laughs> I'm so, sure you guys have some questions for us. Yeah, have some questions for us. Let's get married now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. So yeah, I mean, we've touched on religion. So some of my experiences and coming out of that too. Um, you know, I I believed that women should only carry certain roles. So if I were to go to college, I was actually homeschooled all the way through. Um, so education wasn't a huge priority. Mm-hmm. Learning domestic skills mm-hmm. was a big priority because as a woman, you know, my primary role was what it was to support a husband. Or, you know, my other option might be to be a missionary. Like, that was oh. that was really it. And, um, and if I were to go to college, then that was still kind of seen as a waste of time and money for a woman. 
but that the appropriate jobs that I could take would be a teacher or a nurse. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of bucked the rules, you know, you know me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so I did start to really come into my own as I reached that age of, you know, going to college. And I ended up going actually um, to pursue criminal justice. And I, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, which is so funny and ironic to me now. Um, and then, you know, also was enlisted. Actually, no, not enlisted. I had signed up to be an officer in the Marine Corps. And a lot of that had to do with feeling so inferior mm -hmm. and feeling that if I could um, behave like a man, if I could um, do the things that a man did, then I would be as worthy or as valuable mm -hmm. as a man. Because my perception, which was not incorrect, um, was that men were valued more, mm -hmm. at least in my subculture. Yeah. So... Um, you know, even subconsciously, I was really, like, I had really integrated that idea that my gender had made me inferior and that I was second rate. Can I tell you that when I, so I actually went to college for one semester and I just wanted to be a wife and a mother. Even though I had these dreams of wanting a career, right? I wanted to be a wife and a mother, which is, those are blessed, wonderful, amazing things. But I wasn't even allowed to really think so. I was conditioned so well to accept these things that I did, that I pushed down my desire for more, which obviously expressed itself later, right? Because then I, that's what I really wanted to do. I'm so grateful that I even had a job when I was younger and at, at one point, you know, just going, I'm so blessed to have this job because knowing what it feels like to have that freedom and to be able to express yourself and to do those things that you love and enjoy versus Yes, I had my moments. I loved being home with my kids and doing that. But I was such a better mom when I got to be both and. And so I just really suppressed that for a while. And then one day I was like, you know, i got to bust out and be me. And I wanted to be a police officer. And the only reason I didn't become a police officer was because I had two children. And they, they put you on graveyard shifts in the beginning. And I they didn't have babysitters then. But like even so even in that 30... There's about 25 years difference between us. Um, even in those 25 years, how much, at least it's grown past that. So we're hopeful that in 25 years will be even more so. But, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, a lot of limitations. And I think that that is still true to some degree today where it's like there's this, uh, you know, you're sold this idea that, yeah, equal opportunity. You have the same, same abilities to do whatever you know, whatever opportunities guys have you do too. Um, and yes and no, there's still a lot of lingering, you know, you're supposed to take care of um, the household, you're supposed to take care of the children. Oh, yeah. And then if you can figure out how to fit the other things in, then that's fine. Um, instead of, you know, there's two parents collaborating equally on raising the children. That mutual support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to acknowledge, Jamie says, I was raised with religion from my grandparents. I now, as an adult, know that is why I have always wanted to help and fix others. I grew up thinking that following the rules kept you pure. Mm -hmm. But 
as young as age six, I believe, I remember crying because I knew what what I was being taught couldn't be true. Yeah, and I can I can so relate to the idea of rules keeping you pure. And I remember purity was such an objective. Like that was that was what I was supposed to be as a woman. Yep. And, too. Um, and I can remember it being devastating when I did I courted um, a young man because we didn't believe in dating, so we had this whole other rule structure. Um, and I, I courted this this young man, and we never even touched, never held hands, nothing. And because we had courted, and then it it fell apart. Um, I was so devastated, not for losing him, but for losing my own purity of heart. Oh, wow. You know, there was such this standard of, you know, if you get involved with too many people, then you're tainted and Mm. no one will want you. And that was so deeply embedded in me. Um, So I thought my worth was so tied up in that. And um, that was... That was one of the most devastating things that happened in um, my teen years, which I'm really grateful for. It really broke me open so that I could go, hmm, if they've said all these things (laughs) and it didn't work out and I followed all the rules, what else is not true? That's cool. That's really cool. I also want to talk about... Um, some of us, um, some of the people I work with, too, do want to do it all. Like, be, doing it all, giving all, being all is somehow um, caring and the role of the mom, yeah. right? And so, yeah. Really. I think that... Back to the mutual support. Well, yeah, and that old programming, the suppression that we're talking about, where we just came from a really long history of... This was only women's role. Basically, she's a slave in the home. She's owned yeah, property. Yeah, she didn't get that word. Yeah. And, um, and so she's played this role for many, many millennia. And now she's trying to both be free and not. It's and she's just, not allowed to have desires or wants or anything outside of that. Yeah, so I'm going to be the perfect mom and wife, and I'm going to be free and have a career. And... So it holds it holds us to this like degree of perfection that is absolutely obnoxious and, and will wear you out. And it's not re- it's not realistic at it's all. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> um, we're we're in this weird in between. And I think you know we'll talk more about this as as we keep going in the topics in this month because this is a really big topic. And it so is. I, I want to acknowledge that we're not going to get through it all uh, today. But really. My intention for today in talking about the suppression is really acknowledging the history mm-hmm. and where we came from. Because I can't say how many women have sat down with me and said, oh, I'm so frustrated because, you know, I sit down with you and we talk about what, you know, what I want to do and how I want to set boundaries and goals and whatever else. And then, and then I don't do it and I don't understand why. And... I I really believe that we have this um, ancestral programming that is literally in our DNA that, Mm -hmm. you know, we are not just healing our own lifetime of this pattern. We are healing many generations before us. Um, 
that have operated literally in slavery, mm -hmm. that have operated literally in being like internalizing the belief that I am an owned object. So when you come at it from that perspective and you realize I'm coming from a long history of women who didn't believe that they had personal autonomy or yeah. personal authority, it really changes how we view ourselves today. Mm -hmm. And so we get to celebrate even having any of that awareness, even coming to sit down at the table and to say, I want to do things a new way. That is an act of courage. Um, we're not going to get it perfect and we're not going to... We're not going to fully comprehend even. Yeah, we need a lot of thinking time. A whole lot of thinking yeah, time to so, just sit and figure out what we do believe and where those beliefs came from. Um, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this this time so you can remind me because sometimes yeah. you know the order really well. Um, what about the feminine aspects of men? Hmm. Are we going to cover that later? We will cover okay, that good. later. That's, that's a big thing. Because so, it's a big topic to open up as well. Yeah, and maybe too, something that would be helpful today is just talking about what the feminine is um, so that we can talk about what's been suppressed, right? Oh, so, that, I think that's great. Um, yeah. Females have been suppressed, but I want to talk about maybe some of the, the feminine qualities too. Vulnerability. Vulnerability, yeah. The emotional nature, like... Um, having any emotions yeah and like emotions intuition connection um you know the feminine flow. yeah creativity and spontaneity and flow um the feminine is very relationship oriented it's mm -hmm. the being center right so if you think of masculine it's the doing it's the action mm -hmm. and if you think of the feminine it's the being and the feminine is the way that we relate to each other um plants, animals, other beings, spirituality, it's our connection. Everything connection related is the feminine. It's the depth. Um, it's the why. Mm -hmm. The feminine is the why for the masculine doing. So um, I'm glad we at least like I defined it because I just I think it's important to you know to start there. So, so then if you think of how it has lost you know, in the past, it has not been a priority. Mm -hmm. So the priority has been the doing, the mm -hmm. domination, the doing, right? And not the, um, the not being. the why and the being. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the suppression of the feminine, it really is just acknowledging what should be in balance. Because mm -hmm. um, it's not saying that the masculine is bad and wrong at all. It's saying that there has been a... A shift where you know one has been elevated above the other instead of honoring both and that they are this beautiful dynamic blend um, and when they are honored equally um, they're the most powerful that they could possibly be and I would say that it's a lot of um, going back through history too, at least recent history when you're talking about um, you know you know, the 30s and 40s, they were just learning to, to get by. So they, there was a lot of doing there. And there was all the industrial revolutions and those things. There was a lot of doing. Mm -hmm. And so 
I think that's probably why it was elevated a little more. I don't know. I'd be curious about that. That just kind of came up in my head as far as mm-hmm. maybe some of the history that might have come up for why that got elevated so much. But there's a lot of religious stuff, too. A ton well, of religious I think things and... when you impose hierarchy, which is saying one thing is better than another, yes. we get problems. <laughs> Versus partnership, which we've talked about in the past. Partnership yeah. is... A collaboration of the two and it's it's saying one person's needs are not more than the other one person's abilities are not superior than the other it's partnership it's collaboration versus hierarchy that says I'm boss and you must submit mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm superior you're inferior that's or what's going on with me is none of your business so I've heard that one too like wait a minute we are in a partnership this is mutual it's mutual support, mutual consideration. Yep. We both are in, if we have it, family and children, we're both in charge of, you know, both all these little people. And <laughs> it yeah. becomes a team. We're a team. That's the difference. We're a team. But if you're operating from a paradigm of yes. hierarchy and, and that has not been challenged or reframed, it will make sense to mm-hmm. someone to say it's none of your business because they're operating from sure. the old hierarchy paradigm. And so we get to talk about the differences, and we have. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about, well, if you want hierarchy, great. That's not that's not really what we talk about here. We talk about partnership here. And that's going to be a very wildly different approach um, to relationships exactly. and to life. It's partnership and collaboration versus hierarchy. Um, I want to make sure that I have touched on, I think there's one more. Yeah. Jamie, she says that makes sense as to why it's so hard to set those boundaries because something still resides in you that carries guilt or a sense that you are being mean or not caring and giving and, and the giving woman you should be. Um, and this really speaks to entitlement that we've talked about before. I, I talk about this religiously is, um, Beliefs around entitlement when you are coming from a hierarchy perspective, um, the male superior believes that he is entitled to the woman, her body, resources, attention, time, labor, um, and vice versa. If you're coming from a hierarchy perspective, the woman or the submissive believes that all of her um, is an entitlement of him. And so she will feel guilty if she does not give of her time, body, resources, attention, labor. Until she's depleted. (laughs) And she'll keep giving and she will feel guilty because her core belief system is saying that she does owe those things. Mm -hmm. She owes her superior. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it has so much to do with with the paradigm you're coming from. yeah, so I want I want to revisit just a little bit before we wrap up the history because that is is really the heart of what today's message is the history the um, the uh, really Holocaust <laughs> that um, that was before us. Um, I want to speak to how horrific those times were, and I would really encourage any of you to do your own research and to go um, go look into where we came from as women. And it's often downplayed and it's often talked about like, 
you know, oh, get over it, you know, uh, the women's lib movement's over, um, you know, I've heard so many things. Which just further perpetuates the paradigm, right? Because if you get curious. <laughs> yeah, but if you, if you look back, um, I will promise you it is not a pleasant history. Mm-hmm. It's, um, there's a lot of grief in it. Um, you'll probably want to cry. You'll probably want to scream in moments. Um, but you know, what I found was not only were women burned and executed, a lot of women were hung, um, but they were often tortured for a year or more prior to their execution in really, really horrific ways. Um, some of the torture that methods that we have today or that, you know, ended up being used in like the Spanish Inquisition or um, against yeah, other Christians, bad. they started with torturing women. Um, and and some of the descriptions are, are just Horrific. unbelievable. Um, and just the fact that they were implemented and then left in really awful cell, you know, prison conditions. And a lot of them just died in prison from being so horrifically tortured. And, um, and people who doing the torturing were told that, um, you shouldn't look a woman in her eye because, um, if you had any compassion on her, that was simply a spell that she was casting on you and you were actually being subjected to her evil. If you had any compassion towards a woman that you were um, smashing her fingers or um, literally pulling her body apart. Like, I mean, they're just, we're absolutely, um, uh, it's, it's eye opening. And um, there's a reason. Even the sexual torture too. This is really, yeah, it was so painful. Yeah. They would look for what they called like witch's teats or the witch's mark, or there were certain things that, and they would, um, they were really degrading because they would often try to find those, those things in her genitalia. And, um, anyway, it's, it's a dark history. And, um, I do really believe that the truth is important to know. And even though it is hard to look at, um, the only way we'll heal. It is. And and there's a reason why you start making connections to why certain words feel dangerous or why it feels so hard to speak out. Because when you look at the context of what happened to women when they did speak out and how literally dangerous, like physically dangerous that was to them, you know, I really do believe that we carry some of those remnants of trauma. I I agree. And so we've, we've deeply internalized to the idea that it is dangerous to speak. It's dangerous to stand up for yourself. Um, so, you know, a couple of resources that I would encourage you um, to take a look at and explore. There's a podcast I really love called The History of Witchcraft. Um, and it's just, it's a very historically based um uh, podcast. It, it's names and dates. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I found it incredibly interesting, like really interesting, but it's not coming from like a, a feminist or a woo perspective. It's, it's really just, um, honors the history objectively. Um, I also would really recommend the book 
um, Vagina by Naomi Wolf. Um, I'm in the middle of that now, but it really talks about uh, the traumatizing of women physically and how that affects their brains. Um, and let's see, is there any other... There, um, um, there's a, a the documentary. Yeah. What is the name of that documentary? The Burning Times. That's I believe. it. The Burning Times. That's it. Um, really phenomenal documentary. Um, older documentary. I really wish that we had some newer works that um, have come out, but I'm sure we will at some point. But um, anyway, those are all good places to start, I think. And then there's there's a wealth of information beyond that, but. Um, couple of things that you can start your own journey in understanding the suppression of the feminine. I think that we've barely scratched the surface uh -huh. today, um, but we'll start understanding the whys you do certain things that you do. Yeah. yeah, I think when you start to see certain trauma triggers that maybe you didn't notice before, um, maybe you'll understand why they're coming up, why they're surfacing. They'll make more sense. Um, so next week, we will be talking about um, feminism and the different types of feminism. We'll talk about um, how, how that movement got started, how it's very widely misunderstood um, yeah, What the real meaning of feminism really is. Yeah, yeah. And, and how um, it is true that, that some aspects, some sects of uh, feminism has, have gone too far and have really radicalized. Um, but how that, unfortunately, has um, really distracted from the whole meaning, the true meaning of feminism yeah. and the place that it really has. So, anyway, that will be and the next future week. work of it that yeah, we really need. Definitely not done. <laughs> um, so, anyway, thank you so much for being here with us today and joining in on mm -hmm. this conversation. I know it was it was a challenging one, and. Um, if you feel the need to uh, ask us any follow-up questions or contribute to the conversation or request a certain topic from here, please reach out to us. You can reach me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. We'd love yeah, to hear from you. We would. And you can see any of our previous episodes on our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. You can join in conversations there or you can just check out some of the older episodes. And you can find us on a couple different pla uh, podcasting platforms, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, a couple of other ones. So uh, please feel free to do that. And with that, I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week. Enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. And we will see you next Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, friends. Enjoy.